Hey everybody, we're back again. It's episode 11 of the CMY show, CMY cast. I'm here with Christian and Yanil. I am Mark. Um, today we have a couple of topics we want to touch on. Uh, first of all, an update from last episode. Um, if you remember, Yanil was selling all his stuff to try to fund uh, a new camera. Um, and so I want to let him you know, tell us if he was successful in that little sales and you know, what he ended up getting. So yeah, sales were super successful. Uh, pretty much within a couple of days, I got rid of everything. And I picked up this guy. It's a Q2, not a Q1. Take my word for it. You can actually tell by looking at them. Actually, you can. It has less buttons for more money. <laughs> That's Leica. Yeah. But yeah, I actually sold the Q1 within, I think, a day of posting it up for I think $30 less than what I paid for it seven months ago. It turned into a little bit of a headache when the buyer became kind of a nightmare. And the guy, he's like the camera rattles. Like, oh yeah, we, 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 should, we should actually, I'm gonna jump in and say this is a norm. So no, we for anybody that, who's but... never used a Leica Q before, the, the, the camera has in-body in -body image stabilization. So when the camera's off and even sometimes when it's on, there's, you know, part of, I guess, the lens elements that move around. Um, and if you shake it, you will hear it. Um, I had a cue for a bit, as we discussed a couple of times, and I heard it too. I kind of assumed that's what it was from. And because the camera had, you know, no problem taking pictures properly. Um, you know, I actually had the same, when I ended up selling it, had the same concern from the buyer. Um, he ended up being okay with it. I ended up just saying, look, you know what, if, I'll give you back an extra hundred bucks to make you at ease about it. It wasn't that much. So, um, but keep that in mind. If you're ever looking to buy a Q, um, new or used, they will have a slight rattle to it. So don't just like the SL2 or yeah. probably any camera with IBIS. Correct. Yeah. Just I'm pretty sure. I mean, it's been a while now, but I'm pretty sure my a seven, uh, two had that as well. Um, you know, there was, you know, minimal amount of shaking in there, but you know, you will hear right because so, anyway. Sony's had IBIS since 1987. <laughs> yeah, right. So anyway, rant over. I just wanted to chime in there because like that's just an annoyance that I yeah, I, I can't no, for sure. That too, guy, so. uh, I mean, yeah, that's ridiculous. That guy should have known what he was talking about or done some research, like well, five seconds of research. So the guy had a Q before, like three weeks ago, and he sold it. And he wanted another <laughs> one, so he bought mine. And I think at some point, I think what really happened was that he got buyer's remorse. And they want to send it back. And I really didn't want to deal with it. I offered him 200 bucks for it too, like Mark did. I'm like, I'll give you like 200 bucks back. Just keep the damn camera. I don't want this thing back. It cost me like 60 bucks to ship it to you. Just keep the freaking camera. He's like, no, there might be a problem down the line, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, whatever, man, just ship it back then. But we need to figure out something because I'm not going to give you back your money unless, you're sh unless I get the camera back because I have no protection. So I yeah. tell him, start a claim through PayPal. Maybe that'll offer me some protection. I have no idea. I don't really sell a lot of things. So he does that. He makes a claim like at 10 p.m. the next day. I see it. I'm like, whatever. I'll deal with this thing in the morning. I get to the office in the morning and I have a message from him. I made the claim, but disregard it. I sold the camera and I realized the sound is normal. I'm like, of course the sound is normal. He sent me a video of the sound, which is a sound we all know and love. And I'm like, but is the camera on? He's like, yeah, the camera's on. The camera wasn't on. <laughs> Everything was off in the camera. Like the screen was off. You could tell the camera was off and I was making the sound. I'm like, I don't, I don't really care. 
but I, but then he ended up selling it because he wanted to get an M240 again because apparently he had one of those before too. So I'm pretty sure the guy just had buyer's remorse and was being an asshole. This guy sounds like Mark, man. Hey, minus minus the, the 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 rattle situation, <laughs> just kind of yeah. like buying and selling cameras. Yeah, hey, I, I just I just explore. I explore. I explore. Nothing, and then... no, nothing wrong with some exploration, bro. So I found like his uh, the Leica classifieds on Facebook. I found like his all his posts on there. He had a queue last year. He sold the queue. He bought it again like in January. Sold it in July. Bought mine in August. Sold mine in August. Like guys, <laughs> he went through three queues in six months. Yeah, or, that's, no, well, that's no, crazy. We're pretty far into the year, so like twelve months. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Uh, and now Mark wants to buy a queue again. No, no, yeah, he does. I don't. <laughs> yes, he does. So yes, I, he does. I, I will speak to that. I really think the Q is a great camera. It has, and I don't want to call it a flaw, but it just doesn't fit what I'm looking for for a camera for that purpose in one thing, and it's really just the size, nothing else. Well, and the price as well. Is, I mean, it's a lot to put into a camera. So, you know, it, it kind of have to be, quote, unquote, perfect, um, you know, meet all the requirements. And it's really just size. That, that's really it, right? I want something that's smaller that if I'm, traveling or out and I don't want to have a camera to worry about, like I said, that is what I'll use. The so, interesting part that I realized though, is, um, the size thing, like I've been using the M10 a lot, obviously. And the size thing, I feel pretty comfortable taking it out, um, you know, and using it, um, and carrying it around and so on. So I don't know if it'd be that big of a deal, but at the same time, it's like, well, if I'm going to buy a camera or carry a camera that's that size or build, whatever, I might as well just take the M10, you know, just use that, you know? So that, that's, that's my thought on it. Why? Yeah. But I don't necessarily need autofocus in some of those scenarios. And if that's the case, then I'll just take the smaller camera. Well, I mean, if you get the Q2, you get more resolution too. Yeah, eh, I'm okay. And you have two focal links and you have two focal links instead of, I mean, 30, 35 all the things. extra lenses. I do the 75 all day on this thing. Really? Yeah, dude. Yeah. I mean, legit, it looks pretty ridiculous. It's still like a eight megapixels, which is, which is my X100 cropped a little bit. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, it's enough totally for, fine. It's per eight for megapixels. Instagram. Is that what you said? Yeah, 75 millimeter gets you the eight megapixel. Just right, still so, enough for, I mean, a print. I mean, yeah. shit. You can do what? Do probably an eight by ten of that? Instagram is fine. Yeah. So. But speaking on to size. This I got this little match technical lens cap for it. It's like a rubber ugly lens cap, but it seriously makes the camera so much more convenient. I keep it on a strap all day. It can bounce into things, hit things, and nothing happens. It's not like a metal lens. I was just trying to get dinged up. It could swing down, hit Ronan in the face, and he'll be okay because it's rubber. I have a I have a rubber. Um, it's not the match technical one, but I forgot, I think I got it on Amazon or something. It's a, it's a neoprene rubber one. lens cover. So I have one on both my Q2 and my QP. Yeah, that thing was a game changer for this camera, especially because the actual Q lens caps suck. Anybody that's used when no it falls off or you have anything out of the bag, it's mm -hmm. big, uh, keep it in your pocket. I'm like, that thing was a game changer. But as for the yeah. actual camera, it pretty much resolved every issue I had with the Q, which was weather sealing. And I, did we discuss the ISO settings? About how it doesn't uh, drop between below one fifteenth of one sixtieth of a second or something. I think I we talked we about it last show. time. 
Yeah, we, I think we mentioned it briefly with the astrophotography yeah. thing. Yeah, in case we didn't, That's right. the way the Q1 works, you set the auto ISO to, let's say, max out at 6,400. The minimum shutter speed you want it to do is 1 15th because it has IFIS, so you could go pretty low on it. But for some reason, the camera will not go below 1 60th until you get to the maximum ISO you selected, which will be 6,400, I guess. So we'll get to 6,400. And once it goes to 1 60th and 6,400, it can't go any, and, and it maxes out there, then it'll go down to 1 15th, which is instead of going yeah which is it should be backwards right so the q2 resolved that issue like if you set it to 115th it'll stay at 100 iso at 115th until it can't then it'll go to 200 or 160. yeah dude ibis is legit it has saved my butt so many times actually i shot a wedding last week a small wedding and uh the girl was like oh can you take a picture of my dress because it's like a it's kind of like an informal wedding, if you will. It's kind of just like a dinner party. And she takes me to her, you know, her master bedroom where her dress is. And it's like almost pitch black. In there. And I was like, cool, man. Had my <laughs> SL2 and my Q2. Brace yourself. And I just like put it down to like 120th or 125th and shot it like that. And it was perfectly sharp. Yep. Like literally tack sharp, dude. And I, I don't think I went over 3,200 ISO. Yeah. That's one of the things that always shocks me on the camera. Like I'll be outside at night, like walking the dog. Like, oh, let me take a picture of something. How am I at 160 ISO? Because you go down <laughs> to like 1 eighth and it also has a 1.7 aperture. So yes. Yeah. The camera sees in the dark. Yeah, it really does. It's pretty crazy. Just, I mean, it's, it's really good. It's really nice, man. And the glass is so good. Like so sharp get that fuji out of here did you 3d print that thing yes i did i said look at this it's a 3d printed it's a pla block speaking of 3d printing wait what? Um, segue um i don't know if we mentioned this a couple episodes ago and i don't know what's going on with my camera it keeps like trying to not focus on me um the 35 millimeter voigtlander ultron which is this guy here this lens um comes with a little focus knob and i think i'd mentioned that i was working on 3d printing one for it so i actually did get that done so i don't know if you'll be able to see it here let's do the whole thing let's see does that work no it doesn't work you, there you, if go. you had a cue with a macro focus just to throw yeah, that there in there so this is a 3d printed focus tab and it has a yeah, recessed screw hole so you can actually screw it into the actual barrel of the lens um doesn't interfere with the internal parts of the lens. Thanks to Yanni for helping me figure out what the screw length and thread is. Do you so, know what, do you have that written down somewhere? Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually have. I bought a bunch it's, of screws on on Amazon for it. So I'm using um, M two by three. Yeah, yeah. I I've, I have to double check which one this is here. But what I intend you to do mass is, produce that, dude. So many people have Voigtlanders. Yeah, is see. I mean, you know, you can buy stick on. Um, this autofocus is like distracting <laughs> you can buy stick on um lens tabs and so on like that but again they're stick on and they can come loose and i actually did some quick mm -hmm. research before i ended up um deciding to make this and that's what a lot of people are saying like hey yeah it comes loose you kind of have to you know readjust it and so on um so yeah this this works well it doesn't move around it feels really natural it feels like using you know any of the other white line lenses i have that have a focus tab so so yeah i'm, I'm probably going to be <laughs> mass producing these 
um, put them up for sale. I, I haven't figured out what I'm going to charge from them yet, but you know, simple fix to an otherwise really nice lens and as an alternative to like a, an actual Summicron um, from a price and performance perspective. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, 3d printing. Um, so that's 3d printed. This is not sorry, Yanni. I asked him if he could 3d print me a, a Leica S3. Couldn't do it. No, I have a very 3d printing fail. Small 3d <laughs> printer. You only 3d prints. Yeah. And that yeah. camera is ginormous. <laughs> So, just shooting back to this cubing, one, the little, not really negatives, but the cue always amazed me. Like when I would zoom into things and everything, just, it looked great. And a lot of times on this one, like I zoom in and it's not wowing me the same way. And I think it's just because that's so many more pixels that you could see any little camera shake or slightly missed focus or anything like that overall it still is wowing me but i just don't love the images as much as a q1 i'm sure that'll hmm. change eventually though that's an interesting I revelation have, i mean i i i know what you're saying and i i can agree with you on that i remember uh like a store miami let me uh qp to go to new york with and i took it to new york when i saw the images out I mean, I literally came back and the same day went to like a store in Miami. I was like, here's your QP back. Now sell me one. <laughs> uh, and I can see what you're saying about the Q2, but I don't know, man. It's such a, like, it's, I, I feel like at that point, it's almost pixel peeping. It, yeah. It so, could also be that I looked at the Q, like, oh, you're like four years old already. You're a haggard little sensor. You, you've been around the block. So I, I accept your faults and I think you still look great. Meanwhile, the <laughs> Q2, I'm like, you're the brand new 47 megapixel goat. Like you better be perfect. And I zoom in, I'm like, that eyelash does not look perfectly sharp right now. <laughs> <sighs> How much money did I pay for this thing? Crap. I think the yeah. JPEGs are nicer in the Q2 though. It, like on the high contrast, black and yeah, white. Yeah, because so. it has, the Q2 has film simulations, stealing that from Fuji, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it has like black and white high contrast or black and white normal, natural, vivid, and wow. standard. When before it just had color and monochrome. Right. So. Yeah, man. Um, I just love that camera so much. Uh, so talking about cues as well, on the, on the wedding tip from my end, I, I have a, a you know, second photographer that works for us and he shoots all my weddings with me. So the last wedding we did at the reception, I had told him beforehand, I was like, oh, um, next wedding, remind me. And I have a QP for you to use during the reception. So that, because that's what I use during the reception. So that's basically like, uh, so the, you know, the photos look more uh, cohesive. (laughs) I give it to him, put a flash on it. I just like, quickly like literally five seconds run through like this is your iso blah 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 blah. here you go should be good to go dude he comes back like an hour later he's like this thing is amazing i need to, i need to buy one of these things so good it's so fast I, I i i don't even sometimes know that i took the picture because it's so fast he was like thrilled about it dude he loved it uh i actually haven't even seen those images yet i, I should take a look at them 
Um, but I'm excited because I'm excited to see how that's going to look in comparison to like my images. And I'm sure that it will look more, more cohesive. Well, apparently like the autofocus is contrasty typed only, which two cameras now is just like, Oh, that will never autofocus fast, but this thing is super quick. It never misses focus. It really doesn't. It actually, it's better than the SL2. The autofocus is better than the SL2, which mm-hmm. kind of bothers me <laughs> considering that the SL2 is a few thousand dollars more than the Q2. It's probably um, the fastest no, focusing camera. No, a thousand dollars more than the Q2. But... No lens on that for that price. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> with no lens. So, I don't know, man. It's It really is a, a wonderful little piece of machinery. I absolutely love mine. I use it almost every day on my shoots. And I've kind of uh, adapted a new style of photography because of it, because of its mobility. Like I'll put, I put it on my rock and roll strap, which is like nice and long and like elasticy. And what I do is like, I just kind of like hold it out like this in front of me. And I have like the strap, like pulling on my neck. So that's almost like stabilized in a way. Mm-hmm. And then I'll chase around little kids, like while I'm doing kids <laughs> shoots and I'll chase them around and like sh- shoot, like, I'll be like, oh, why don't you like run after me? You know, like, and I'll run backwards while, while they're running at me. And I'll just like, I don't even have to look almost like as long as I have like the lens kind of like centered to them and I'll like get in nice and close and move back a little bit and just kind of like shoot it like I'm shooting a movie, you know, like I'm, sh- like I'm doing cinematography instead of photography and in the image i love the images and i'll like flip it to like a portrait instead of landscape and like you could just do so much with it uh and and i love those images and they always come out awesome and i love shooting funny because you mentioned about it not like hitting tack sharp focus i'll shoot at like 1160 excuse me 1160th so or like 1125th so i do have a little bit like that motion blur and stuff and like it's super fun, man. It looks awesome too. And I've had a really a great reaction from my clients about it. I'm not gonna lie, I love the thing. Like every time I look at this camera, I'm like every I look at the pictures, I'm just amazed. The the fall off on the bokeh and everything on the It's ama- it really is an amazing camera. I love twenty eight millimeter, but most twenty eight millimeters aren't that fast. So mm-hmm. they just get it's like a documentary image. Like this is the entire scene and this is what everything looks like. Mm-hmm. To be able to shoot twenty eight millimeter on a full frame out f1.7 it's a whole new element and it's cool because yeah like your subject which is usually my like foot and a half tall son in this huge background but he's in focus and everything else is blurry and it just it's like one yeah, step away from medium format to be honest yeah that's what it feels like and it's it makes everything look magic not magical what's the word i'm looking for like dreamy yeah Pretty much. Like, it looks like you're in, like, in a dream. Like, it's this little kid in focus and everything else blurry. Like, this <laughs> mm-hmm. is awesome. Yeah. I, I use the 35 millimeter frame lines, which is great. And if you're not familiar with the camera, so you have the option of shooting in 28. And then if you hit a little, like, the little, what would be the, for back button focus, I have it programmed so that when I hit that, it gives me 35 millimeter frame lines. That's full 28 millimeter. Uh-huh. 35. There you go. 35, 50, 50 and, and 75. 75. Obviously, show me 35 you're losing. Again. 
That's 35. Okay. So yeah, I'm that's 35. I just and shoot I, 35? I actually shoot it more with the 35 millimeter frame lines and you're still getting like a 30 something megapixel file, yeah, right? 35 or 36 or something. I think it's 30 on 30 or 32, something like that on 35 millimeter. Yeah. Which is more then, than what the Q was. I mean, and if you're shooting raw, which I always shoot raw, it keeps the full file. But when you put it to Lightroom, it only shows you like immediately, like you don't have to recrop it. It already crops to 35. So it's as if you're yeah. shooting a 35 millimeter, like a Sumalux with, uh, with ibis you know what i mean like it's just it, yeah. that's why i'm so in love with it it kind of i feel like it blows everything out of the water plus what you just said about being a sumalux like if you look up the price of a 20 millimeter sumalux or a 35 how much or i'm saying or, a or 35 yeah they're like sumalux. four or five thousand dollar lenses yeah a brand new q2 which this is not a brand new one costs five thousand dollars it's pretty much the price of the lens, except you're also getting a 42 megapixel or 47 megapixel body attached to it yeah. with autofocus. And let's not forget the, the manual focus, right? The switch where it's an yeah. actual manual focus lens, not a focus by wire, which it's still, yeah. it's still an electronic focus, but oh, okay. it's, but it's one, like a linear focus. Like, so you yeah, have, so it's like, yeah, yeah you and have I didn't, I honestly and could not like, tell it was electronic. When I used it, I was like, okay, okay. cool. You know, this like, is great. The only way you could, it's dampened. Like you could tell, like there's something holding it back, which yeah, the yeah. regular Leica lens doesn't. But I've ne I've never used the manual focus on the Q. It just, uh, I don't know. It doesn't feel like the M10 at all to me. Uh, I know that some people love doing it. I probably would use it maybe in macro mode, um, which it does really well too. And I've used the macro mode at weddings for small things like details, like like wedding rings or invitations or flowers or things like that. Like I'll get in really, really, really close, put it into 35 millimeter and shoot it like as a macro. And it just, it looks so beautiful, man. It's so good. I use it not through the viewfinder, but I use it for zone focus, like right there mm -hmm. at F11 at these settings, I have everything between infinity and like four feet in focus. Mm -hmm. which is everything I'm shooting a little Havana. I could just point the camera anywhere and right. everybody's in focus. Right. And that's how I use the manual focus. And yeah, I guess you could do that. Whoa. And like Sorry, the, guys. Like different cameras could do it. Like the Fuji has a focus scale, but you have no idea by looking down at the camera what it's at or if it moved or if you nudged it or anything yeah. like that. This is yeah, like you shooting can't, you a can't regular... quickly. You can't quickly feel where, you know, for instance, like, you know, uh, uh, six o'clock position you know that's probably like 1.2 meters or something like that and if you go to a different position you won't know that on like the fujis and other cameras that don't have an actual you know focus tab or you know an actual scale on it right it's just right perpetually spins if you will right. like this is if you put it into manual mode it's like shooting a manual focus only lens it has that sort of feel to it which is unique to this camera basically i should try it more i mean like i think at, at weddings it's just so much easier for me to like uh, focus and recompose, you know, then like yeah. manually focus to get exactly what I want in focus. Like if you're shooting an outdoor wedding and you want everything in focus, like at F11, you could do it and you don't even have to focus. You could just go around snapping at everybody and everything will be in focus. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But if you, yeah, want I mean, stylistically, I would never do that, but yeah, exactly. you're right. You could do that. Right. Like, that's why you'd never use it. If, but if the, 
if you're like a documentary style wedding photographer, it will be perfect for you. Yeah, I mean, I I do consider myself to be like reportage. I just, I mean, I, and I don't shoot wide open. And I know a lot of wedding photographers that like sh- every lens they have, they shoot it wide open no matter what. Um, I feel judged right now. Okay. <laughs> this thing lives at a 1.7. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame you, dude. Like it looks insanely beautiful at 1.7. But when you're working with kids and like, it's not, you know what I mean? I have to. I have to give it some leeway. So, yeah, I'm so, actually just looking at Lightroom and seeing like the pictures I shot with the Q1. Like, yeah, of all the, you know, I forgot how many pictures I shot. I was like, I think it's 50 pictures I still have. And I'm like, 32 of them were wide open. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, so, at, at 1.7, it really is beautiful. And the, like you mentioned to the fall off is stunning, dude. It's so pretty. Uh, I don't know. It's, I wish that the price point wasn't at, like what it was, even though I think it's worth every penny and I would pay it 10 times over. But I think that it would be more accessible and a lot more people would be open to having one if it wasn't $5,000. You know what I mean? $5,000 can get you like a full Canon kit. If, you know? All right. So I'm usually the guy on this show saying who owns a bunch of Leicas, but also thinks that they are stupidly overpriced. I think the Q and the Q2 are the only Leicas that are actually worth their price. Nowhere else are you going to get a nearly 50 megapixel, 28 millimeter, F1.7, fast autofocus, good manual focus, all the features that this has, like weather sealed, like it doesn't exist. This is the only place you're going to get that. And it's not because it's some like, uh, sublime, sublime feeling like, oh my God, look at my range finder that's like from 1970, but has a digital. No, it's a really, really, really good digital camera that's worth its price. It's a very high price, but it's the only thing you're going to get. It's the only camera that gets you what it gets you for that price. And, and on top of everything, it. the size of it, number one, it feels really nice in the hand. I'm not going to say it's the most compact camera, but it feels really nice in the hand and it's compact enough to fit in a smaller camera bag. And it's great size for travel where it's like around your neck, but it's not too like, it's not like this massive thing. You know what I mean? Like having a, yeah. like yeah. a DSLR or anything. So something to add and compare and just kind of back up Yanni, what he's saying? Think about this, the Sony RX one R two, which is a 35 mil full frame. It's a smaller camera. Um, body wise has a pop-up viewfinder, uh, isn't weather sealed as far as I'm looking and seeing. Um, and it is an older camera. I think it has a 42 megapixel so sensor. I think the one it's that's still that's from a the... better sensor than what's in this. You think it has so? Better, it has, well, I looked at the comparisons. It has better low oh, okay. light performance and all that. But, but still point of the matter is like, you know, that is still a $3,300 camera. So for and it's 35 millimeter and only F2. Yeah. So factor that in factor. Only F2. You know, what, do you, what do you mean? Only F2. Oh, I, is, I understand. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I was like, wait, you can't change the aperture? Like, you can only shoot an F2? <laughs> it's like, what is that? Yeah. It's it's late, guys. It's late. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so, so if you factor that into it, then, you know, it, you can kind of see that they, they, besides those two cameras, you know, the, what else is there anyway? And you it know, doesn't what, have what a great viewfinder. It has, like, a viewfinder that pops up from the corner. Yeah. And a bunch of other little things. It's, it's a great camera for $3,000, but this just does more. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's like a 
it's a it's a luxury item like people are gonna know yeah i, I, I that wedding that i was just talking about um the little one this like the mini wedding the dinner party one the mom of the bride <laughs> saw my cameras and she goes oh wow are those leicas i'm so impressed that's awesome and like she like she knew and i was like really for real like and that happens to me all the time happens to me almost every wedding like someone will say something about it for you it's good because it's like oh this guy like he's legit for me i kind of hate it like i walk into like a bar with like the camera like on me or something it's like is that a like i'm like fuck yes (laughs) (laughs) i bought it used Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely piece. makes you, I mean, I've, I've heard this over and over that it makes you a target, like in certain, if you travel to certain areas, like, you know, in, um, in Asia, for example, like, like Indonesia and Thailand and those places too, like if you, they see that red dot, you're like now their target for robbery, you know? Um, oh my, so many people do that. I personally don't see the need for it. I maybe would do that if I felt like I was tra- traveling to somewhere sketch. Um, I do it for the conversation. I, I don't want to. I don't want to make. Oh my god, is that like? What do you do for a living? Or like, what's this? Or like, oh, is it really a good camera? Oh, is it worth the price? Like, I don't want to have those conversations. Yeah, yeah. anti-social. No, I like talking. Talk. Let's talk about photography. Don't ask oh, me like, right. is it really worth the price? Like, I don't know. I don't know. What's, I, it, worth, what's it worth to you? Maybe I don't. I haven't had one as long because you've had one a lot longer than I have. But the few times I've had people talk or talk to me about it, it's just like, oh, is that a Leica? Oh, cool. You know, like, all right, nice. Like, you know, like saying nice car and then moving on. It actually happened to me in the Keys with the M10 when I just got it. I had it um, on the table at, you know, these high tops that we're sitting at with me and my wife. And one of the bartenders or, or you know, server, somebody came by and like he was either, I forgot who he was, if he was serving us or not, but. He's like, oh man, it's a nice camera. He's like, is that? He's like, is that a Leica? I'm like, yeah, it's an M10. He goes, oh man, that's really nice. And like, you know, he's like, thumbs up, and never saw him again. So, you know, like sometimes it's just yeah, that, and otherwise, you know. I've been on like I've been. I think this happened to me in Paris. Actually, I was out street shooting, and I was just like walking around, and I had it in my hand, but I had it kind of like on my chest. And some guy who also had an M10, like, kind of like passed me. He like looks at me. He's like. <laughs> like he didn't even say anything he just like pointed at me like yo what's up <laughs> like like a gang two of us here <laughs> yeah like, like a gang i just like to avoid those conversations like i don't mind let's talk about it's a camera let's talk about cameras let's not talk about i, I like i like talking worth. about Leica specifically because i feel like number one it has there's so much about it to talk about and i think that there is a certain type of specific camaraderie around the brand. Um, and I've made great friends, including you guys, because of Leica, you know? I feel I like we you. would- I pretty much we... don't like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you bring up a good point. There is camaraderie, but I think what Yanni's talking about is the people who don't necessarily have it and see it like it's right. a Ferrari. Like, you it's know, like... the, the yeah. typical curse when you see somebody with a, or not you, but you know, some people see, uh, you know, like a nice car. It's like, oh, what do you do, man? Like, you know, so I, I get yeah, that. I get you. That's I a get possibility. You. If you're talking to other people who are into photography or, you know, even like a shooter, shooters themselves, then yeah, that's where the camaraderie comes in. And like I think it's the interaction of the non-car person that sees a Ferrari, the non-watch person that sees the Rolex, the non-camera person that sees the Leica. 
Yeah. Like those interactions, like I can, I can agree. I get the. I also get the. Is that a Leica? Wow, my grandfather had a Leica. Blah blah. blah. Like I like that interaction. Like you're yeah. not really a photography yeah. person, but you. That is this, a great you, interaction. You like That's that happened interaction. to me too. I love when that happens. Yeah, I was at a client's house and. Um, the dad, like the dad of the family that I was shooting, like, uh, so I guess, you know, the, what would be the grandfather was there and he saw my, like, uh, and he's like, Oh, I have, I have one. I have, I have it in the back room. Do you want to see it? And I was like, <laughs> Oh yeah, dude, of course I want to see that. Like, uh, and he had an R4. It was awesome. Ooh, it's almost up there with the M5. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's one of those big, big guys, big guys. all right guys well uh if you guys want to talk about leica please dm me and i will talk for hours about leica (laughs) and if you want to listen to more of this podcast give us a like and subscribe so that we can continue to do this for your listening and viewing pleasures probably not viewing but listening (laughs) yeah so we have 11 episodes now we'll get to the next milestone one day all right guys See you next week. Later, guys.